Welcome back to Let Freedom Reign Podcast, the official equine industry podcast of Day 6 Ranch. I'm your host, Jason Swick, and on this show, we discuss leadership, self-mastery, and discipleship from topics and perspectives exclusive to the equine industry. If you are looking to build a legacy-worthy lifestyle, we encourage you to visit day6ranch.com and explore our free content, other podcasts, and sign up for our monthly newsletter. We thank you for joining us on this adventure. back to another week here at Let Freedom Reign Podcast. We're about to get started with episode 116, which is part two with Steve Stone of Milestone Ranch. Now, if you didn't have time to listen to episode 115, I suggest you go back and listen to a lot of Steve's history and Steve's testimony. And here in part two, episode 116, we build out how a lot of Steve's experiences drive his passion to serve. It's been another exciting week around Day 6 Ranch, and today marks week five of the Horses for Heroes riding program through Victory Therapy Center in Roanoke, Texas. We've had an amazing several weeks, and a huge thank you is deserved to Mr. Ricky Piggott for coming out last week and sharing a little bit about the rain cow horse and pouring into the riders involved. Today we'll be working with Bill Force of the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation. Bill brings incredible experience from the team roping community, and will be helping our participants in the how-tos and whatnots of getting started in the roping world. Should you have interest in this program, I encourage you to visit victorytherapy.org or check out Veterans Point on Facebook. Coming up in August, we have our free Liberty Workshop with Versatile Horsemanship. The date for that event is August 26th and will be limited to 10 riders. Registration will be opening soon. This is a no experience needed type event and open to veterans, first responders, and their families. Should you have interest in reserving a spot, you can reach out through day6ranch.com or stay tuned to our social media for the registration release date. All right, in the past several weeks, we've mentioned our involvement in the 2023 Fort Worth Mustang Show. We've been blessed with an incredible opportunity to host the VIP experience ahead of the top 10 finals on September 9th. We will be starting the VIP event at noon, and it will continue through 4 p.m. The package includes VIP registration at the Day 6 Lounge, where we will have an autograph session with special guests. Also included in your ticket is VIP seating to the top 10 final show that starts at 6 p.m. I will personally be taking you on a tour of the Will Rogers Coliseum. We'll have a Mustang training experience and have a chance to get to know Gunsmoke the Mustang, along with educational opportunities provided by BLM, and we'll wrap our VIP experience with a Q&A of industry professionals. This is a limited ticket event, so to get your tickets, visit day6ranch.com. We're excited at the opportunity and very grateful for the Fort Worth Mustang Show to entrust us with the VIP experience. We hope to see you all there. As always, we hate to keep you all waiting any longer. Here is part two of Milestone Ranch with Steve Stone. As you're describing it, I was thinking that how how blessed are you to have the ability to see him work? Because there are many chapters in my life, I think, in reflection where I flat missed the boat. God was working and God was working hard and I flat did not see it yeah yeah no oh, i don't no. how last full that we, we just don't like to tell those stories like, tell the, ones. <laughs> the <laughs> off-air tell, stories right tell a good one, uh, but yeah so that guy though so since then i'll just tell you a real quick story about him and tell me this isn't beautiful so like in 2020 whenever the which i quit playing in 2020 um real quick i'll go into that in 2019 i'd always I'd always uh, spit. I'd always make a point to spend time with. I spend time with God every day, right? I so like I, 
I commune with his father all the time. But I always set aside a particular time in January. We play music fest in Steamboat Springs first. Oh year. yeah, yeah. And so and so everyone would ski and all that. And I'd always go. No, that's my time to sit down with my journal, my Bible. Go, okay, God, what's the, what's the theme? What's the direction for this year? Give me a fresh word. Give me, and he always would. Like, and so that would be my year. I would. It would set up my year. And so in 2019, coming to a close, or whenever this year would be coming to a close, I'd always think, oh, man, I'm starting to feel this one phrase God just dropped on here. I'm just, I know this is going to be the thing for next year. I always kind of feel some sort of direction for the next year. But in 19, I wasn't. And I've been in the band for a long time, but I'm like, man, I wonder what this is all about. Like, I didn't even tell my wife, like, God, God's just not really giving me anything for next year. I just wonder what's going on. And so I, I, I kept praying and reading scripture and just seeking his heart. And then one day, I can literally tell, I think it was in November, October or November of 19, I wrote in my journal, I can still go back and look, where God told me that morning, it's time to change your wineskins. Huh. I'm going to pour out a new wine. You ain't going to fit in these old wineskins. And I knew, I couldn't explain it, but I knew that meant everything's about to change. Yeah, we're going to go a different direction. Everything's, we're going a different direction. And listen, that's okay, right? Heck yeah. You know, sometimes that freaks us out to change. But I was like, so in October, or no, maybe in November, I told Casey, hey, I'm going to play with you through January because that gives you a few months to find another bass player. somebody, yeah. Yeah, the guy's moving me somewhere else. Of course, he was like, whoa. He thought we would be together forever. And me too, really. So I was yeah. like, yeah. Man. So anyway, come January, the end of January, I played my last show with him at Billy Box. Sold out show. It was a cool show. And no so kidding. Like, last show. But what a so, way to go out. So check, so check this out. That was the end of January 2020. We've never even heard of COVID. Yeah. Right? Yep. Within two months, there is absolutely zero entertainment. The world is shut down. It's shut down. And I was like, that was just another stamp of approval, if you will, or a little God wink of him going, see, I, 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 I got gotcha. you. I got you. you. There ain't inter any entertainment anyway. Man, that is crazy. <laughs> so, but I will say this. When I stepped out of that, I stepped out of that because he told me to. Because he told me, change your wineskins. It's time to step out. Okay. Jason, I didn't have a plan. Because let me tell you something. If you if you insist on having a plan, how, how much faith does that require? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You started injecting so yourself. I, so I was just like, you know what? Huh. I don't know what this looks like. But I'm out. No kidding. And, and, and my wife is like, yeah, man, just listen to God. One thing about it, God has blessed me with a life that lets me hear God and act on it. That is cool. And she's like, I'm in. Whatever that means. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So anyway, I step out with no plan at that time. And so through 2020, we had church here at my house uh, because no, because there was a few weeks that, I don't know, they were, I don't know, our country spun out of control, lost its mind. But anyway, we would, watching online but we had a deal at our church where we we would put a sign in our yard that said if you need food call the number remember people weren't working man the yep. grocery stores are closed yep. and there's people destitute right? so anyway because we have a huge food bank at our church so we're like if you need food call this number 
and everyone put them in their yards or everyone that wanted to, to, to take food to people. Well, I can't do it here. I live on, I live, first of all, I live on a ranch. It's, I'm way down. I, it takes a minute to get down to the gate. A little, so anyway, little outside I, of town. I, I, I <laughs> so, but one of the guys that were coming to church here with, with us was that bus driver. And he was like, so he calls me one day and he goes, Hey man, I just want to let you know, cause he lives in town. He goes, I got one of those signs. So you stay by your phone in case somebody calls me. I'm like, what, what are you scared of? Yeah. And he's like, well, I mean, if they ask me something, I don't, I can't answer. I said, dude, you're not teaching theology. You're feeding me. Yeah. You're helping hand out food. But, but just get, it's fine. So I'm just giving him a hard time. I'm like, Hey man, you, of course I'll be by the phone, but I'm just telling you, you're going to be fine. It's it, like us. We think we're so unqualified, and that's what qualifies us. Man, I've struggled with that for a lot of years. That That's what qualifies you. I got to tell you, doing what I do right now, we get into that here in a minute. But like, you think I should qualify for this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no you're way. right. You're right. But anyway, he goes, just stay by the phone. I said, okay. And sure enough, so we have a food bank that we can go get food and take food to people. Anyway. So if somebody calls me, he calls me. He goes, hey, man, somebody called me. I go, listen, don't sweat it. Just take him food, man. Just take him food, love on him. You know, no big deal. He goes, all right, well, stay by your phone. He calls me back. I don't know, it's been three or four hours later. He calls me back. He goes, all right, man, I took him food, and and uh, and uh, I just, man, I hung out with him. I stayed over there for about an hour or more talking to him. Man, they're just down on their luck they, that, that the uh, COVID made their – company shut down they don't have any money and they don't have and he's struggling a little bit with some things and and all this and, he's, and i'm just sitting there listening to this going this is beautiful heck yeah this dude went over there God's on the move. oh man heck yeah well and what i didn't know is he goes man i just got i bought i bought him all kinds of stuff i said you went and bought groceries and he goes yeah and that what we're supposed to do i go well you can but <laughs> We have a food bank. You could have gone over there and just loaded up. He goes, well, I didn't know that, but it ain't no big deal. I just shoot. bought him food. And I said, okay, man. Cool. That is cool. Well, hey, listen to this. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, a year goes by or so, and I went fishing with him one day. And he goes, yeah, man, hey, that that guy, he, he, he finally got back to work because their company opened back up, and I quit taking food. And I said, hold on a second. You've been taking them food for the past year. Oh, yeah. And he looked at me and went, Well, yeah, isn't that what isn't we're that supposed, what we're to, supposed do? to do? <laughs> and I, dude, I'm just like, This is the guy, y'all, that I'm telling you about that's been to rehab for cocaine, that's been, that's driven all these people. That's just like, I'm like, Dude, redemption's a beautiful thing. Heck yeah. And he don't have any of the information. He just knows him, right? That's all you need. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, oh, stay man. faithful, work hard. It's so awesome, man. He, he did all that. But anyway, that is so, cool. yeah. yeah, so God moved me out of that band. He and I are still close. I, I'm still close with a lot of people. In fact, just a few months ago, I got to marry one of our one of our guitar players. Oh, that's I got cool. To officiate his, I got to officiate his wedding. Yeah. He, 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 I was there when he got baptized and just like, it was a beautiful thing. So I'm still close to a lot of people I played with. And and shoot, not even the not even the guys that I actually play with, the other bands and other like Cody Johnson and our friends. He and I, yeah. I mean, he 
he and I were friends before he, you know, and whenever he was just getting started in music, and now yes, he sir. and I are friends. And now the stuff that you and I have talked about that I do in Belize, well, I'll just tell you, a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of that was funded by Cody. No kidding. Yeah. All Man. that from the music business, you know. So, If you talk about living that life that creates that draw, those opportunities will present themselves. And if you stay diligent and faithful, right, God will present the opportunity. And it might not be now. You know, I tell people sometimes you're the guy planting the seed. Sometimes you're the guy watering the seed. Sometimes you're the guy that gets a chance to harvest it. Yeah, that's right. right? But you just got to stay faithful for whatever season that God has placed you in. Yeah. In those individuals' lives, because you don't know, you don't know when you're going to be that turning point. You don't know when you're going to be the the fan that sparks the flame. You know, mm-hmm. so. no, absolutely. And from then, from from that chapter in my life, moved to so like through our church, we're we're always, you know, like, and I know I've talked to you about it. We're neck deep involved in rescuing kids that are trafficked, yep, sexually trafficked. So that's been years now as we're doing this interview here in the last couple of weeks, this movie's came out. that's really sparked everybody in real yeah. the sound of freedom. So people see what we've been saying for years. Yes, this sir. has been going on, man. And, and, and hopefully this is, this is a catalyst for people to wake up to this evil. But anyway, so we, st- so I started working in Belize. How'd you get your start? How'd you get your start in human trafficking? Um, just through our church, through through they've been doing it for shoot twenty thirty years. Okay, and so I just I was just like I can't believe this evil even exists. I mean, I, most I, I people have before no I got clue. into it. Yeah, before I got into it, I never even heard the term human trafficking. Really? No, I didn't. Wow. So anyway, once I once I realized it was going on, and now I go down there, and that now I we have another uh, orphanage that we go down and visit and help support and. And all that right across the border of Mexico that's just full of little girls that were trafficked by the cartel. And just so I'm working in that. But most of all, when I first started really getting involved for whatever reason, and I guess just God drew me to a certain to some certain people that we went to Central America to Belize, the mm-hmm. country of Belize. Belize is a hotbed for trafficking because there's first of all, there's no law against it. It's a poor country. Poverty breeds desperation, right? Yeah. And and a family, a lot of the culture, there's Mayan, a lot of the Mayan culture, when they're girls reach puberty, they'll sell them. Their own family will sell them. No kidding. So, yeah. And I say sell them, I don't mean outright, although they will sell them like that, or they'll sell them by the night or the weekend. or the. I mean, it, it's the most, it's dark, right? Wow. But here's what's really dark is from our perspective is, is, is you go over there as a middle, as a middle-aged white American. That's why they think you're there. A lot of times you'll get hit up for a kid, you know, solicited, you right? Cause you're the market. Yeah. What does that say about good Lord. Know, Americans and Europeans, but they're going over there buying kids. They know it's not against the law. They don't know they'll get in trouble for it. Well, if your family's going to sell you in, in the brothels there in Belize, the, the, the cops will, off-duty cops or security at the at the brothels where they're selling some of the girls too. So, my point is, if you're a young girl and you're born there, which you have no option, you have no choice, you were born there, and the cops aren't going to protect you, nor is your family. Well, then who? Yeah, your path is paved. Oh man, it's so Good I was Lord. like, this is a problem. So anyway, we started working in Belize. We I, we have a 
we support this uh, pregnancy center there that helps young girls that are pregnant through their pregnancy and with till their baby's a year old. Uh, none of these girls are pregnant because they had a rendezvous with her boyfriend. I can only, I, I won't even go into the stories why they're pregnant. But anyway, yeah. you can imagine. Yeah, no, I know. So they're young girls. So what I was just like, there's just really nowhere for these girls to stay though. They just come to the center and they help them and they give them food and they give them clothes and they just help them through the medical part of it and all that. But they just have to let them leave and go back and live in the hell they're living in. So I'm like, man, there's gotta be a way to, so through collaborating with the people that are there boots on the ground, we ended up buying some land there and building right now. We have four houses on it four safe houses for these girls, the bad cases that, of course, they're all bad. But, I mean, so when I think about that, and I think of, man, we got our safe houses over there and there's girls in it. It's ver- literally barely scratching the surface. Right now, there's over 200 girls coming in there a month. Good. <laughs> we got four safe houses. I'm like, well, I mean, that's great, but it needs a lot more. Yeah, so, no kidding. So that sent me into that, right? So I've been going down there building all of that for the last few years. Or, you know, overseeing that I've never really been doing. I've been overseeing. But I come back here oh, a couple of years ago, and I just told my wife, I said, you know, there's there's trafficking. Now, again, I'm doing all this having no idea what I'm going to, quote, do for a living, right? Yes, Which sir. I don't, yes, don't sir. even do anything for a living. I just do it for a life. Not yep. living, right? That's a great so way to anyway, put it. I like that. So I get, so I get back, and I'm like, man, there's all this trafficking is here, too. So I really want to know what's going on here. Let's do something here. I know God set me up to do something here. So I start looking into it. I'm like, God, where is this going on here? Well, I see that like, a lot of the kids that are trafficked here, and I can go into details and take forever, but are, are in the foster care system. Now, I'm not saying foster parents are trafficked in all of them are, but I, I don't, I'm not saying they are. All I'm saying is they have no one to turn to. And if I told you some of the stuff I know, I, I'm telling you it's proof that there's trafficking here. Okay. Yeah. But here's yeah. but here's what it caused me to do. I sit down with my computer and I and I I'm praying and I'm reading James one twenty seven. God, you say that 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 pure undefiled religion that that we look over widows and orphans. Now we call them foster kids in America, but an orphan is an orphan. Yes, sir. Right? So I'm looking at this and I'm like, wonder how many kids are in foster care. In America, and by the way, my wife and I have been foster parents, so I'm not speaking on something I don't know nothing about, right? So I look at, I look it up. How many foster kids? I just Google it. How many foster kids are in America? And it swings every day because they're aging in and out and yep. coming in. And out. Yep. But I was like, okay, there's that number, right at right around four hundred thousand. But anyway, I'm looking at that number, and then I'm like, I ask her, how many churches are there in America? I don't care about denomination. How many congregations are there in America? And I type that in. Jason, I about fell out of my chair, man. It's almost the same number. No way. And I was like, what the heck? And then I'm looking down at my Bible, and God shows me, look, you turn my orphans over to the government, and you wonder why it's a mess. This was never meant for the government to get involved in. This is the people of God. He just says, you look over widows and orphans. And, and there it is at a, at a one-to-one ratio. Yeah. yeah. One-to-one. He's like, what? It's, it's not like it's not doable. Yeah, especially so when you throw numbers like that out. So I said, you know what? I'm, 
in the meantime, I went and started volunteering at, uh, got signed up and all that for a volunteer at a youth emergency shelter here in Fort Worth. Okay. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to get involved in this. Yeah. And this is what really caused me to get involved the way I, I'm up there and he's going, he's showing me around. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, this hall's the girls, this is the guys, and this is where we play video games, this is where we eat, this. And we have 20 beds in this shelter. And we house kids, the younger kids are at another shelter on this campus, but another, another shelter. But like, we have kids 11 to 17. I'm like, okay, right on. I go, and I asked him, I go, hey, man, I'm like, what do you do when they turn 18? Uh, goes, well, we really don't have anywhere to go with them, but, but we just keep them until they're 17. Um, and I go, well, okay, well, what do you do with them? And he goes, well, well, we take them to the homeless shelter. They become homeless. And I'm just like, dude, I'll tell you, Jason, I didn't hear one other word he said. I'm like, that's our plan? Hold on a second. Yeah, great longevity and succession. You take a kid that's lived his life thinking he's an orphan and being rejected, and you just confirm that to him. And you, and you think, what? how do we think that's going to turn out? Yeah. And I'm just going, oh, God, we can't keep doing this. And, and first of all, I thought, am I the only one? Does everyone know this is going on? Because everyone I tell this to, they're like, they don't. They're like, really? Yeah, man, really. And that's why 80% of our inmates have been in foster care. What was incredible to me when I first started working human trafficking and really started to get into the survivor restoration portion of it, I started looking at all these government systems, and there were non-government organizations as well, that would contribute to we're going to talk about just the basics of restoring civil liberties, right? They're clothing survivors, they're feeding survivors, they're giving them shelter. But then I started to look at these systems and I started to look at these allowances being given. And I'm saying, you are doing nothing as an agency or an entity to develop this survivor's asset or skill set for independence. None whatsoever. Like instead of giving them food, and I'm saying this by way of example, Teach them how to cook, right? Instead of yeah. giving them clothing, like, can we help them figure out how to manage some form of money? It doesn't have to be a lot. And yeah. Yeah. that was the approach that I took in selecting what yeah. NGOs would be involved in our operations or who would we, yeah. we would partner yeah. with is was just that. And I've done some consulting recently for a place out of Ohio. And... That was a point that I really tried to stress. Like, hey, it is great that you're going to offer crafts and horsemanship and all these different skill sets to try to redefine purpose in them. But if you are not developing the individual's ability to pursue independence, as soon as they walk right out that door and they don't have a skill set to be independent, what are they going to do? Statistically, they're going to fall right back into a lifestyle Mm -hmm. that -hmm. drew them in, the fast life, tons of money. It's not a glamorous life at all but it's something that they know and it's deeply rooted in survival for them. And it's familiar. Yeah. yeah. If, yeah. We, if we're going to start cutting heads off of snakes, you need to take a step back and we need to look at, and we'll talk about horses by way of example, right? Because it's a Western industry podcast. There's more to shoveling stalls and feeding horses and grooming horses than the actual action of making clean, healthy horses. It's discipline. It's structure. It's independence. It's pouring into another life. Right. There's so many more deeply rooted values that come from it other than the act of shoveling manure. And that's the approach that a lot of these NGOs need to start taking. 
And I'm not saying that they don't, right? There's plenty of them that yeah, do. No, I, but just as many that do, I, I would venture to say more don't and miss the boat. And then what do you end up? You end up with another kid at 18 years old who you spent three, four, five years trying to restore and rehabilitate. At 18 years old, they're right back on the streets and we're right back to square one. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like you said, here's here one thing our Western lifestyle embraces and uh, kingdom lifestyle is freedom and independence. Heck yeah. Okay, well, let me tell you something. If you don't teach someone to be independent, they won't be free long. Not in the slightest. So you can free them. You can rescue them. Yeah. But if they're not independent, they're, they're, not, they're just not going to remain free. And there's some form of language in most human trafficking statutes that explains the deprivation of liberty. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a criminal element in most human trafficking statutes. Yeah, I bet. Man. Yeah. It, it's... it's um, Man, I just don't think I, they just don't remind. Here's 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 what they don't understand that they're doing in the system. They're creating consumers and not contributors. Correct. So when I get them here that have aged out, and I'll get into how I got into or real quick how I started, but but we we take in guys that age out of foster care. Okay. Well, when I when I, what they don't realize is that they've never con, they've never contributed anything. So you you tell me you were going to turn them out on the streets as a consumer, and you think that's going to go well? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just it, a recipe for disaster, and it does not work, and it and it never will. But again, I'm not blaming the government; I'm blaming the body of Christ. Listen, He told us to care for widows and orphans. Don't don't point the finger at anybody else. Yeah, we got to look in the mirror sometimes. Yeah. One of the one of the things I ask God for regularly is just give me the inability to do nothing. <laughs> I, I don't want to be the guy that just does nothing. I don't know what I can do to help this problem, but it's not nothing. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to just exist. I mean, that's not an option. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to do that. But so so anyway, that's what we try to do. But what but what got me into this? Okay, so I God showed me that. So I was praying through it. And I told my wife, I said, you know what, we're going to start taking in girls here. We're going to start rescuing girls here in the U.S. Yeah, it's going to look different. We're going to go about it different. It's going to maybe be through the foster care system or whatever it is. But we're going to take girls in, though. So I'm just praying through this. I'm out there building our first bunkhouse, right? And while I'm building the first bunkhouse, God tells me this. I'm out there praying. God, I just pray that people find hope. Whoever steps foot here, you know, they discover their destiny and their hope. And they, that they, that they come to know you. I'm just in there praying. And then God shows me. He tells me, hey, if you don't start raising up some young men that love Jesus and honor women, you're going to be rescuing girls forever. Addressing the consumer side of it. And that's why, I, that and that, for whenever God told me that, that's why we take guys here. Because I'm like, you are absolutely right. It is we true. We got to start raising up some young men, man. Listen, girls aren't doing this. It's men doing it. Yeah. And yeah. when a man truly steps into his God-given identity of who God calls him, Listen, all this other stuff's just symptoms of that not happening. Yeah, it's the deficits that that aren't being filled. It, it, it is, man. It's like, look, whenever it, it, it's a breakdown of men, point blank, it's it's the it's the breakdown of men. Whenever whenever Joshua went into the promised land, God told him, God told him, He said, "Step in the step in the Jordan." You know, I'm going to split the Jordan, but tell gather up all the people and tell one guy from each tribe 
to pick up a stone out of this river. When you when you cross it, pick up a stone. And when you get over here, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but you can read the story. He said, when you get over here, stack up those 12 stones. And here's why. Whenever your children and your children's children, whenever they ask what these stones are, tell them what I did. Yeah. In other words, hey, tell them who I am. Exactly. The story all the stuff that's going on in our world, whether it be the woke movement or the trafficking or all that, these aren't the problems, man. These are all the symptoms yeah. of, of men that stop telling their kids who God is and what he's done for them. Man, it's so man. true. It's so true. And I truly believe, and I've professed this several times on the show and when I speak publicly, that I do think the uh, American father can fix this country. But Absolutely. it's going to take a bunch of us to yep. help empower and equip those men to get that goal yeah. accomplished, because obviously I do believe men are are the problem, but I also believe there's a solution. Absolutely, absolutely, and this goes back to I think about me and operating in the warrior space, you know, and using the horse in that realm. Is it all the hard things that I was given in my career was testimony, preparation, and testimony. So when yeah. I come across a guy, I could say I've done that, man, or I've done something similar. And it creates a little bit of buy-in and it creates a little bit of interest. And it's incredible mm -hmm. the exponential growth that takes place after that experience. But what we've had in the warrior space traditionally is that everybody that's trying to fix you per se mm -hmm. has zero relative experience. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and sure. that's where that's where the breakdown takes place. But sure. I have a kid living here now, it's been here uh, I don't know, a year or more. And uh He's going to college right now, working two jobs, going to college and studying behavioral science. He wants to be a social worker. He wants to work with kids. You see? Yeah. He's been on the other side. Yeah. He knows. Now he knows. You he know? knows. Yeah. You know, and it's showing people that, uh, I mean, common in the warrior space, like God didn't give you everything that he gave you in your life to be overweight and exhausted and angry and addicted. Like it don't right. work like that. The, yeah. the, the world has clouded your vision and your views and your judgment, which is fine. It happens to best, the best of us. It happened to me several times over. But God's mm -hmm. also given me an ability to fight through it and see what the finish line looks like. And uh, we need to start pursuing that. We do, man. Fervently. You know, we do. God did not call us to live some safe life and to show up at our day that we die safe and go, well, that was really cool. Yeah. No, come on, man. Yeah. You're dang, dang There's right. a life out there that, man, you better die to live. Yep. Once you die to yourself, now you start living. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So <laughs> let's, let's build out Milestone Ranch. I want to talk about it in greater detail. I mean, in summary, you said you're helping to develop, you know, young mm -hmm. men. But let's talk about the program in more detail as far as kind of a start to finish if somebody were to walk through Milestone Ranch. Yeah. So we have a place here. We have cabins independent so they don't live in my house with me but we all live here there's cabins that they live in the guys that age out of foster care we have of course we have horses we have cattle we raise our own beef we kill our own beef we process our own i mean these guys know how to well there's a couple of them been here recent so they haven't got to yet but there's people that have uh, these these kids that have actually gutted and skin a steer with me and helped me grind up the beef. So they've seen it go from standing in the pasture to on our plate. Yeah. Uh, so there's that, but they, I just help them navigate this season in their life, which is a hard season to navigate, dude, especially when you had no, I've got one kid that's been in 27 homes. He's 19 years old. 
It's incredible. Housing to navigate anything. Yeah. Right? Zero stability. But but it's like, so I'm just helping them navigate this season. So I really don't look at it as a program because they don't really need another program. And they just need a daddy that loves them. They need somebody that loves them. They need a family, period. Yeah. And so it is going to look somewhat like a program sometimes, but it's really not. Because here's what we do. We have dinner at night all together. You know, we have devotions. Uh, regular devotions. We, I just try to pour into them. Like, here's what I want for them. I don't want what I want for them. I want them to discover who God made them and who, who God called them to be. And that's all good. And, and it's going to look different for all of them. But man, I just want young men to be cons- to be contributors, not consumers. And, and I just want them to hear the voice of God. That is awesome. I want them to hear that, and I want them to be able to tell their kids about the twelve stones. And I want them to be able to go, listen, because every every kid here, every young man here comes from a life of, whether it be incarceration or addiction or not him, but his whole family. I mean, like, you talk about recidivist. I mean, like, yeah, generations of it. Jeez, man. So I tell them, man, hey, listen, if you guys in our devotion, in, in, in fact, I always pull this into them right when they get here. It's like, listen, listen, you know, those successful families, right? that you see that have their kids are well adjusted and they have businesses and everyone's still married and everyone's doing well. Like we all know those families, right? Yeah. But if you were able to look two, three, four, five, six generations back in those families, they haven't always been that way. But one came along that said, not on my watch. Starts with one. And I said, you guys have got to be the one. Yeah. I tell them that I'm like, listen, the addiction the incarceration, the abandonment, all that stops with you, man. Yeah. Your yeah. kids don't need to know anything about that. Yeah. And so it's got to stop with you. So that's what I do here. I try to get, I just try to help them navigate this season. It's not easy, man. Like this is a boy changes daily, you know, with these guys. Well, them even, even coming from a family of stability, that's a tough part in any oh, individual's man. life, male or female, right? Where the world says you're an adult, but God, you are not even close to being prepared for <laughs> yeah. the world. Not even I, in I the can't slightest. tell you times I've heard, hey, I'm a grown man. I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah uh, about that. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you this, man. Uh, a couple of things that I make them do, um, I, I make them pay their electric bill or I turn their electricity off. Now, accountability. You know, I think that's hard. What What do you mean? That's the way the world works. Yeah, it's accountability. I mean, and and I'll tell you another thing. I don't let them partner with the government on anything. Yeah. We don't get any government funding. Period. I just trust God, and and He's always provided, and He always will. Too faithful to leave us now. Yeah. So, whenever they go to school, for instance, okay, I had three of them sign up for college last semester in my spring, and I took them up once they signed up and all that. I, I went up there with them and. And paid their tuition for that semester, for this this past semester. When I did that, the lady said, "Hey, I know all your your kids. All your guys have been in foster care, right?" And I said, "Yes, ma'am." She goes, "Man, I may have something for you." I said, "Hang on a second, let me guess. You'll you'll get them a grant to pay for their college." She goes, "Yeah, I think the government will pay for the college. You know, they've been in foster care." I said, "Let me let me explain something to you. The government that thinks it's cool to." You know, to abort babies and, and, and same sex marriage and all kind of other corruption. It's just not, I, I don't teach these guys to partner with that. Yeah, it's not us. And, and not only that, they've lived their life 
taken from the government and where's it got them? Yeah. I said, so I teach my guys that they don't partner with the government. And, and not only that, for this particular semester, we've had some really good people that have actually given money to send these guys to college. You think I'm going to rob those people of their blessing by taking money from the government? Man, I and love she's it. just looking at me. I love it. Probably cross she, she finally goes, fair enough. Yeah. And so, and so the reason I say that, cause like, like I just try to teach a man. No, we don't get food. St- we don't get, listen, we, you're, you're a man and you can do this. Yep. God's made us to do hard things and you don't need to partner with the government on anything. They've never been the answer, nor will they ever be. Yes, sir. For any of your problems. And so we're not going to partner with him. Uh, in fact, this, Fall semester is about to start. Now that we're talking, it's in July, and the fall semester starts in, uh, next month, actually. And so the so I told the guys that are here back in the spring, you know, when I, after I paid for that, and I, I sat down with them during the devotion, I showed them on paper the receipt on how much their college tuition was. I said, I just want y'all to know this is how much y'all's tuition was. So depending on how many hours you want to take in the fall, this might swing a little bit. But I just wanted to prepare y'all now to start saving your money. Yep. Because y'all Get need to of it. your own school. And the reason is you need to have skin in the game and you need to invest in you. Absolutely. The most valuable and this asset. This is not the government's job and we're not going to ask the government for any money. You're going to raise the money. You're going to work for the money for your own college. And so anyway, uh, two of them. A couple of them took, take different routes because I don't ever require anybody to go to college. You know, I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, whatever God's calling them to do, that's all I'm going to do. Well, there's two of them that were like, one of them just paid for his college in the last couple of weeks. He's taking a full, full-time full semester, plus he's working. Uh, he's working two jobs right now in the summer, but he's probably going to take like the one job, and he paid for his own college. Now, that's beautiful. There's three, three or four of these guys, four of these guys that – have literally saved up their money, two of them waiting tables, saved up their cash in a shoebox and, and paid cash for cars. Wow. They've all got their own cars and they paid for them. That's being a contributor, not a consumer. Yeah, yeah. And now they can take that on in, in the next generations yep. and, and, and now they have go, living man, testimony that I've done it. They're yeah. proud of themselves, man. Yeah. Man, and that so, is cool. Anyway. That is cool. So how long are the most of those kids around? Um, it just depends on kind of what, you know, I don't ever say this is how long yep. because, because here's why, first of all, some of them have already gone. Some of them have already come in and gone. One of them got married or is getting married and he left, which is a beautiful thing. Another one is, you know, one of them left last week on a full ride football scholarship. Good for him. That's beautiful. But, but there, one of them's here, the one that I just told you that paid for his school. Yep. Well, he's probably got. To three more years of school. So what do I do with him? Make him leave? I yeah. mean, dude, this guy's on track and loves the Lord and just there's no way I'm like it's kinda like it's kinda like asking about your kids. So when are the, when are you gonna make him leave? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, when, depends on their the attitude ready, when you ask me that question. I got a different answer for you. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they're eighteen yes. birthday, that's when they're yeah. leaving. Yeah. No. No, no, but, but, I get what you're but saying, it's no. the difference in teaching them to be contributors and growing up in a family. Here's the thing. Here's what I've noticed about uh, as I keep these guys here. They don't. Whenever you grow up with a family intact, like your kids, they're going to catch a lot more than they're taught. Yep. 
Life they is taught, not taught. That's for darn sure. It is. And I'm going to tell you, with these guys, they don't have, they, they never caught any of that. Yeah. Literally, I pulled, okay, my mailbox is on the opposite side of the road for some stupid reason, probably because the government was involved. Anyway, so we pulled up to the, <laughs> so we pulled up to the mailbox it. and it's on the passenger side. I go, hey man, grab that mail. And he goes, okay. And he grabs it. The next day, I go pick him up from work and we come back, same deal. I pull over and go grab that mail. And he goes, he looks at me and he goes, do they put mail in this every day? No kidding. Now, I, I mean, seriously, I'm sitting there thinking, they, I guess they don't catch everything, man. Yeah, well, he's never because had that experience. They, haven't been, they have not been in those experiences. They yeah. listen. A kid's not. A kid just doesn't know what a deposit is, or a deductible, or a. Or yeah. a they don't know any of that. They our kids catch it. Yeah, yeah. But a kid that's grown up in in multiple homes and just being passed around. Well, here's the deal too. When you're when you're just trying to find the next meal, or or not get your tail whipped, you don't care yeah. what's in the mailbox. You don't care about yeah. going to school. No. Nope. Right. So their their lives are far more gutturally rooted around survival than the peripheral distractions that a lot of us yeah. have. Yeah. That survival mentality is is just it's such a curse. I'm not I'm not kidding. It's a curse. It's like, you know, it causes it causes them to whenever we eat to put food aside to take with them like what are you doing we're gonna yeah. eat again tomorrow right yeah yeah but it goes back like to not not to rewind the clock but i used to deal with it when when dealing with this human trafficking survivors like it takes an extremely strong individual to survive in that environment oh, God, which means to tell me that if you can survive in this environment we get the compass oriented and straightened out, you are going to be just fine. Now that could take years to get that compass oriented, but these yeah. kids are deeply, deeply rooted in survival and fighting. And if we get those aligned on the right targets, man, these kids could be super productive members of society. Absolutely. And you've seen it. I mean, we're hearing the testimonies right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They can, if they ever get, if they ever, if they ever hear from the father of who they are, let God tell you who you are. He made you. Let him yeah. tell you. And you get and you get a hold of that. Listen, don't get corrupted by religion. Yeah. Oh man. Don't get just just hear his voice and don't worry about what other people think about that. <laughs> man, it's cool. So, so cool. Well, Steve, it's man, it's been an incredible episode and uh such a powerful testimony, not only in your personal experience, but how you're affecting the lives of so many others and protecting those that can't protect themselves. So let's talk about, I mean, we've talked about several organizations that you're involved in, but I want you to kind of inform people if they want to get involved in any aspect that you have any kind of power or influence in, how do they get involved? And let's start with the Buck and Horse Breeders Association and kind of briefly sum that up. And if people want to get involved, how do we get involved? Well, with that is, is uh, our website's buckhorsebreeders.com. And all that is, now that's not a nonprofit. That's a that, that's a registry. We use DNA to register to prove parentage on bucking horses the same way they do in the quarter horse or anything else. Um, and I just started that. And what it's done, we started in 2016, but what it's done is it's given us a platform that I've gotten to speak the last, I don't know, man, two or three years in Las Vegas at the NFR at a gala about human trafficking and about yeah, that's it's awesome. just giving me because i always thought man like in the cowboy world that's full of uh freedom and independence that we embrace that i always thought listen if the cowboys knew this was going on 
they're, they're going to do something about Heck it. Yeah. You know, so Heck anyway, yeah. that's giving me that platform. Now there's a link on there to, to the freedom foundation, which is a nonprofit, which is BHBA, uh, freedom.com. Yeah. BHBA freedom.com. But, or you can just link it off that off the registry's website. But what we do there is the, the work that I told you that we do in Belize. Yes, sir. That that's that's what we do with that money. We support that. Again, it's not what I do for a living. So, you know, everything you get there, I just goes right to them. There's safe houses there. They there are two hundred and something women every month coming through there, and that's just what we do there. So you can get involved in there to help that. And and you know, you go, you know, you go, well, I wonder if all the money's going there. Hey, get your passport. If yeah. you want, come with me. Yeah, Sign up. let's go. <laughs> yeah, you you ain't got to just be. You ain't got to talk about it. You can be about it. Yeah. And and uh, and then what we do here on my place where I live, you can see pictures. You can see what all we do here at milestoneranch.org. If you go to milestoneranch.org, you'll see what we do. And uh, it is a nonprofit too. But here's the thing: if you want to give money, great. I I, I got to tell you, I know where my help comes from. <laughs> and yes, sir. You ain't ever going to get me beating somebody up for money. I could care less if you don't want to give. Here's what I would say. Man, do something where you live. Yeah. Everybody, you know, I have people when I speak will say, well, I want to get involved. What can I do? You can join the fight. Heck yeah. Listen, I'm keeping however many guys here. Why isn't there a milestone ranch in every county? Yeah. How come when when a kid ages out, 6% of them, by the way, go to college and 3% of them graduate? So what about the others? Where do they go? That's incredible. I don't think it's an accident that 80% of inmates have been a part of the foster care system. Yeah. That's, that should speak to us and say, man, listen, is there not a cause? Because i got to tell you, if the, if, if, if the sons and daughters of God, if, if God's children, if us, the body of Christ, if we don't do something about this, I don't think anyone else is coming. Yeah. Yeah. The government's not. Man. They're not interested. I love it. You know, so go to milestoneranch.org and see what we do and, 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 and then pray and ask God what he had you do because it might be completely different. And I say hallelujah to that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Man, it's so cool. So, so cool. All right, Steve. Well, we wrap every episode with some form of legacy advice. So the question I pose is if you were to give yourself from previous seasons of your life, if you were to give yourself some advice, what advice would you give? I would say that spend spend your life chasing after the heart of God. Literally pursuing. Listen, God blesses pursuit. Doesn't mean doesn't mean there's a formula for that. But He knows your heart. He knows you're pursuing Him. And I just think I would tell not only my younger self but everybody. Man, you spend your life chasing after Jesus. I'm telling you, you chase after him with all your heart, and you will never regret it. Yeah. And he'll send, and he has a life for you that is so amazing. It's way better than what you thought. You know, uh, you know, the Bible says one verse I'll hang on to is first Corinthians two nine. That no eye has seen and no ear has heard, and no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And that's the life I want. The one that no eye has seen and no ears heard and no mind has even conceived because not, it doesn't say that a lot that he's planned for us. No, he's gone so far as to prepare it. 
That's what I follow. And yeah. the one that Noah has seen. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'd powerful. Say pursue him. Pursue him with all you got, man. Heck yeah. And that's my, my bit of encouragement on that too is that in that pursuit, nowhere does it say it's always going to be easy. And nowhere does mm-hmm. it say that there's not going to be bumps in the road. And nowhere does it say that there's not going to be evil influence. Those are no. all going to be hurdles that will come. But if you mm-hmm. stay faithful to that pursuit, the resolution will reveal itself or the resilience mm-hmm. will be developed. And, you know, we halfway yes. definitely mentioned it before God and hard work had never failed me in a day of my life. So I don't see where it would be any different for you. Yeah. Not, it's not easy. Not always going to be smooth, but it's worth it. Heck yeah. Man, it's worth it. Good stuff. Well, Steve, I can't thank you enough for setting time aside for everybody here at Let Freedom Reign Podcast. I mean, an incredible episode and such a wonderful, wonderful testimony. I mean, it's inspiring and to hear your faith and your pursuit and the fervor that you express for your fellow man. It's just, man, it's darn cool. It's darn cool. May God bless you and all that you do, my friend. Well, thanks for having me, man. It was good to talk to you and, and let's talk again sometime. Heck yeah. We'll see you on the next one. All right. Thanks again for joining us here on Let Freedom Reign Podcast. If you are looking to grow in the areas of leadership, self-mastery, and discipleship, please visit day6ranch.com to see all we have to offer in the form of free content, podcasts, and material related to building a legacy-worthy lifestyle.